Stay tuned for a word from the Lord. Jesus, in Matthew 18, was talking to his disciples because they were frustrated. They had tried to pray about something, and it didn't happen. And Jesus comes along and heals the guy. And so they're talking later about it. Why couldn't we do that? And his response was, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Most of us would admit that our prayer life isn't what it ought to be, or at least what we want it to be. And so I want to put that on you to encourage you to start where you are right now and improve your prayer life. Your relationship with God will be transformed. Your life in the Spirit, your spiritual life will be transformed. The people around you will be transformed in ways that you can't believe when you start praying for them and asking God to work in their lives. I hope these few weeks have given you some basic tools to go back to review and then put in practice. Just experiment with it. Start one thing at a time and make a little progress. You know, one day do this and another day do that so that next week you can look back and say, I've made a little progress in my prayer life. In the next month you can look back and say, I've made a little progress. God desires to spend time with you. He desires to bless you. He desires to guide you. He desires to speak to you. We have to come before Him and pray. So I want to encourage you, whether that's early in the morning, whether it's late at night, whether it's when you're driving to work, whether it's when you're doing chores around the house, you can talk to Him, but improve your prayer life. Prayer. It's a popular word in our culture. You hear it in the news as a hotly debated term in our public schools. You hear it on television when there is a disaster. I'll pray for you. It's even easy to say when you don't know what else to say. Prayer. What do you think of when you hear that word? We all have images of what we think prayer should look like or sound like. But have you ever thought of prayer as essential? An essential part of our existence as essential as eating or sleeping. Prayer is essential. And today, Dr. Beach brings us a special edition of A Word from the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on A Word from the Lord. Today is the final part in our teaching series, Listening to God. Today, Foley is joined by Matt Jordan, and together they will tackle some of the hardest questions we have with regards to prayer. Here now is our teacher, Foley Beach, pastor and rector of the Holy Cross Anglican Church in Loganville, Georgia. This morning, we're continuing our series of sermons entitled Beginnings with Prayer. And I have with me this morning, Matt Jordan, who is our director of student ministries. He's been with us about four months. I asked Matt to join us because he is an expert in prayer. When Matt prays, mountains move, Waters divide, things happen when Matt prays. So good to have you with us this morning. Anything you want to add to that? That may feel feel really weird. (laughs) Before we get to uh, what we're going to do this morning, um, actually what we are doing this morning, some of you sent me some questions. And uh, rather than me emailing you back one-to-one, I thought we'd answer them together. And so we're going to kind of ask each other some of those questions. But before we get to that, I noticed in the paper this week some articles which were kind of interesting because they they were talking about what we've been talking about, prayer. 
First, there's an article about Jan Karen, and she was the author of the Mitford series. And, and those books have sold over 20 million copies. Can you imagine selling that many books? 20 million copies. And she was asked this question. Prayer is a big part of the Mitford series. Do you think it should play a bigger part in people's lives? And here's her response. I'm not ashamed to tell you I pray for good parking places. In the big issues of life as well as the small, God wants to hear from His children. The most important thing we can get out of prayer is not what God can give us. It's the relationship we enter into with Him. I thought that was really good. Then yesterday, uh, there was an article in the paper entitled, Are You There, God? And it's about this book entitled, Conversation with God, An Uncommon Dialogue, by Neil Donald Walsh. And he he says in this article, he received 60,000 letters, basically telling him that the cover on his book was a lie. Quote, there's a lie on the cover of your book, it's not uncommon at all, meaning the dialogue that we have. And if you remember last week, we talked about God speaking to us. And in this article, talks about a woman. She, her name is Teresa Buckner from Douglasville, Georgia. And one night she was at home, and all of a sudden she has some kind of attack. They rush her to the hospital. She recovers. They give her some medicine. They tell her, we don't know what's wrong with you, but we've done all we can do. And she's home later that morning, uh, having showered, drying her hair. And she gets in this conversation with God and says, God, you've got to tell me what's going on. I don't want to die. And she hears a voice. It's your adrenal gland. And it was so loud, she turned off her hair dryer, thinking her husband was talking to her and realized he wasn't there. It's your adrenal gland. And sure enough, later she goes to the doctor and that was what the problem was. And it basically saved her life. In this article was also a quote, which I wish I'd had for last week's sermon. This is by Cecil Murphy. I talk to God about something, and later I just know. I hear words inside my head. There's no debate. The Lord desires to speak to us. On Monday, I received an email from one of you, which I think starts off our questioning uh, really well. It says, Dear Foley, I just wanted to say thanks for teaching me to pray again in your recent sermons. I apparently really listened to the one of learning to pray for specific things. About five weeks ago, my 86-year-old mother in Alabama fell and broke her hip, and the doctor was very skeptical of her recovering from the fall and told us that most likely she'd never walk again. We were all devastated, but we put it into God's hands along with our trust in Him. And every day I have prayed for God to heal her broken hip and if it was His will to let her walk again. Well, today... My sister was at the doctor's office with mother, and when he looked at the new x-rays, he could not believe that the fracture had healed, and he's putting her in physical therapy for the next three weeks to help her try and walk again. Isn't that neat? Well, she came up to me after the first service and said, uh, yesterday she took six steps and and was walking. Uh, Matt, uh, that leads us into the first question. How do you know that God's answered your prayer. And how does this relate to timing, God's timing and things? Let's see. Well, I think the obvious answer would be, how do I know that God's answered my prayer? If I pray to get the job, then I get the job. If I pray for this to happen, then it happens. But I think in this situation, changing my mindset a little bit and praying that knowing God is going to do it, 
Um, it's not necessarily, has God answered my prayer? When will, when will God answer my prayer? And the fact that I know that He will answer it. So, um, and with His timing, it's His timing. And, and I think a lot of times with prayer, we focus a lot of on, on ourselves. And in fact, we got to focus more on God, who is in control of all this, instead of ourselves. So, I think that's uh, with His timing. It's it's His timing. Yeah. Well, what does it mean when God hadn't answered your prayer? Well, I guess wait is <laughs> the biggest thing. I mean, this is following Christ is a marathon. I mean, we're in this for the long haul, and if we are praying and saying, Lord. Uh, answer this prayer and he hadn't answered it then there's a reason for that so i just have to just believe and i think we all have to believe that he has our best interests in mind and that no matter what happens he's looking out for us and he'll answer it in his time when you and i were talking about this this week this question it kind of hit me in the middle of our discussion that really you can't say god hasn't answered your prayer because god either answers it yes no or wait and after the first service, a man came up and was reminding me of, I believe it was the George Strait song, which is called, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. And basically, it's the story of him in probably high school, and he's dating his girlfriend, and he's, he loves her, and he wants to marry her. And God didn't answer his prayer. Well, 20 years later, or 30 years later, he sees her at a reunion, and he says, Thank you, Lord, for unanswered prayer. <laughs> Those country songs. <laughs> Another question we got is, if God hears me when I pray, then why do I have to ask other people to pray for me? That's a good question. Um, I guess in America, we are so independent-minded. Me, 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 me. Uh, we don't want to have to ask other people to pray. Uh, but the Scripture, again and again, exhorts us to pray for one another, to share your burdens with your brothers and sisters, to ask for your brothers and sisters to pray for you. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, and he also said, when you ask and two or more agree in my name. See, a spiritual power is released when you have other people pray for you. I was also thinking about, it seems like when I've prayed for other people, there's a spiritual bond that seems to occur with that person. I don't even I may not even know the person, but because I'm praying for them, something happens in me that connects me. And I think God wants us that to happen. Not only physically as we share with one another and become closer, but on a spiritual level, there's a bond that takes place. I have this this is one of my questions too. Yeah, one of your sermons, uh, you mentioned that we need to pray in the Holy Spirit. Um, how do I know if I'm praying in the Holy Spirit? For me, I think the best way to describe it is when you're in communion with the Lord. If you're in communion with Him, you're in the Holy Spirit. The Scripture says that we can't be in communion with Him without the Holy Spirit. Now, many of my, our charismatic friends and those from the more Pentecostal perspective of the faith teach that uh, to pray in the Holy Spirit, when they use that term, they're talking about speaking in tongues or praying in tongues or praying in your prayer language. And I don't want to negate that because I think that's valid. But you can pray in English and pray in the Holy Spirit too. 
And the, for me, the key is being in communion with him. And, and there's this peace that, that occurs when you are in fellowship with him. So we need to be praying in the Holy Spirit and not in our flesh. And in order to do that, we commune with him. Does that help? That's a good answer. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, here's another question we got. Why does my mind start wandering when I start praying? That's for me. That's for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think ADD has anything to do with it. Uh, it's often why I do blame it on that a lot of times. You know, when I, when I sit down and pray, I never fails. There's always something tries to distract me, no matter what. I think that's why the Bible says, go into your prayer closet. Because when you think about a closet, it's silent. It's Nobody's going to probably find you there, uh, unless you're a little kid. Um, but, you know, every time I can sit down to pray, the phone rings, or something in my mind comes up that disturbs me, or, oh, I forgot about this. And I really think that the enemy doesn't want us there. And um, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's trying to steal that time away from me and God, which if I've got all these things on my mind, then I need to be there more. I need to be in that time more, and instead I'll jump up and go run and do those things instead of sitting down uh, and just being with the Lord about the whole thing. So, Matt, sometimes I've found that if I'll start writing my prayer, mm-hmm. that it helps me focus. And it seems like, and I don't know if this is just a guy thing or if women experience this too, but I can't be writing something and my mind be elsewhere. It, it really helps me focus. Sometimes during my quiet time, it's like the enemy will flood me with all these things I have to do or that need to be done. And so I, I'll keep a little list there sometimes. I'll just write it down. Once it's on paper, I don't think about it again, and I, I'm able to keep my mind on track. That really kind of leads to the next question. How good is it to have a prayer journal? Well, I think it's really good for those of you who do it. Um <laughs> I think my prayer journal, which I've been really encouraged after um, hearing your prayer journal stuff, and I have a buddy of mine who has volumes of these things, and he's always going, oh, yeah, let me look back. But my prayer journal has about six volumes. Um, It goes something like this, October 25th, 2002, October 26th, 2002, October 27th, 2002, April 16th, 2003. (laughs) January 1st, 2004. And these are all in different books, so I kind of started them and then, you know. But I really believe that I'm so encouraged to do this myself because a lot of times we ask God to do things and we're praying about things and we don't write them down and we can't go back and look and see where God answered that prayer. Instead, we just, um, you know, it's just a thought and we don't have a chance to go back and thank God for what He did in answering our prayer in that. So I, th- I think it's a great idea, and I'm encouraged to do it myself. I got another email. This came in on Thursday. Uh, this was from somebody who visited the church this past Sunday, and she writes, When I saw the title of your sermon, I was so excited. Early last week, I finished reading The Sacred Romance and The Journey of Desire by John Eldridge and was impressed to begin writing down what God is saying to me. However, I did not begin writing because I was waiting to get a journal type of book to write in. During your sermon, God affirmed that it is something He wants me to do no matter what kind of book I have to write in. So I've begun in a spiral notebook. 
And so my suggestion to all of you would be just start, try it. You know, if it's on a piece of paper, I have a little prayer notebook, but also have spiral journals, you know, where I've done that in years past. And uh, sometimes it's just scraps of paper. But start. Um, I'm glad I don't have to answer this question. Uh, why do you think sometimes I'm tempted to sin whenever I'm in prayer? Um, that's a good one. Isn't that an ironic you know, here you've, you've come before the Lord and you're tempted to sin. I think the enemy, if he can get us off track in our prayer time, then we're off track. And so he's going to attack us right there when we're trying to come before the Lord. You see, the battle really with most of the issues in our life are won in the prayer closet, in my prayer time, the spiritual battles, not out when we go out. It, what, it's what happens in the prayer closet. So if... If I'm being tempted, first of all, it's good because that means the enemy's paying attention. But secondly, I can't give in to it. I mean, sometimes you'll be praying, all of a sudden the spirit of slumber will hit you, right? Yes. Oh, just, <laughs> or you'll be praying for somebody and, and all of a sudden you start feeling anger. Or an unforgiving spirit might enter in. Or lust or coveting. And you just got to name that for what it is and dismiss it in the name of Jesus and through the blood of the cross. And cast it out and invite mm-hmm. God in. He says, draw, this, in James it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So you draw near to the Lord during those times. Turn away from the sin. Does that help? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all tell us. Um, what about fasting? How important is that? I don't have that problem. Um, <laughs> fasting is important. Um, it takes your relationship with God to a deeper level. I have the same problem, Matt, in that I like to eat. And uh, giving up food uh, for any time period, even if it's just one meal, is a real challenge sometimes. And uh, it's amazing how much you don't realize you're addicted to food till you try to stop for a little while. But it does something to your spiritual life. It transforms it. It takes it to a deeper level. It brings spiritual power to your prayers. The enemy is defeated. It is amazing. Jesus, in Matthew 18 was talking to his disciples because they were frustrated. They had tried to pray about something, and it didn't happen. And Jesus comes along and heals the guy. And so they're talking later about it. Why couldn't we do that? And his response was, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Fasting releases a spiritual power that will come no other way. So I think that's all I want to say on that. That good? All right. Uh, One more for you. Do you think we stop and give thanks enough? Uh, If if I'm honest, I'm going to have to say no because kind of like what you were saying earlier, we're kind of a me, me, me society, and I really kind of like myself a lot. And um, (laughs) whenever I come before the Lord, I always catch myself going, and Lord, help me do this, and Lord, if you could just do this, if you have time, could you do that? And um, I never sit and just be with the Lord. You know, kind of when we come in here and we worship, and we do this all, uh, you know, in unity, but how um, special do you think it is just to sit with the Lord, um, kind of like Mary did at Jesus' feet, and just worship Him and thank Him and not even bring yourself up in this conversation. Just It's all about Him. It's all about thanking Him for what He's going to do. I can't say I do it a lot, but I do know this. Um, there's something that happens there. 
when you take the attention off yourself and, and you put it just on Christ. Okay, great. Well, Matt, thanks for being uh, with us this morning, helping us, helping Thank me. You. I appreciate it. it. Makes it easier to answer questions when you have somebody to ask or, or answer. That's true. Uh, just to conclude this morning, I, I think if we were to go around this morning and ask before the Lord with complete honesty, most of us would admit that our prayer life isn't what it ought to be, or at least what we want it to be. And so I want to put that on you to encourage you to start where you are right now and improve your prayer life. Your relationship with God will be transformed. Your life in the Spirit, your spiritual life will be transformed. The people around you will be transformed in ways that you can't believe when you start praying for them and asking God to work in their lives. I hope these few weeks have given you some basic tools to go back, to review, and then put in practice. Just experiment with it. Start one thing at a time and make a little progress. You know, one day do this and another day do that so that next week you can look back and say, I've made a little progress in my prayer life. And the next month you can look back and say, I've made a little progress. God desires to spend time with you. He desires to bless you. He desires to guide you. He desires to speak to you. But we have to come before Him and pray. So I want to encourage you, whether that's early in the morning, whether it's late at night, whether it's when you're driving to work, whether it's when you're doing chores around the house, you can talk to Him. But improve your prayer life. Amen. Thank you for listening to a word from the Lord. I would like to take a few moments and and give you the opportunity to become a believing Christian. I know today we have a lot of folks that go to church and are real religious, but if you were to ask them if they really know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. And I don't know if you're one of those people this morning, but if you've never become a believing Christian, I'd like to give you just a simple ABC, not a gimmick, but but just the way it is. A is for acknowledging that you're a sinner. We live in a culture which says, you know, basically we don't make mistakes, but we do. And when we measure up against God's Ten Commandments, um, all of us have fallen short in some way. We've all messed up, and, and that's called sin, and we need to acknowledge that. The B is, is to believe, to believe in Jesus and what He's done on the cross is God's remedy for our sin, is God's solution for being alienated from Him to believe that through Jesus I can be made whole and I can be healed that I can be forgiven and the C is for confess confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior a lot of folks receive him as their Savior they want their what I call fire insurance make sure they don't go to hell but they aren't willing to allow him to be their Lord to be the one who uh, is the master of their life And and to confess that, uh, to be willing to share that with those you love and those you care about, that Jesus is your Lord. So it's really that simple, Um, and yet it's that powerful that it makes such an eternal difference. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the solution. And confess that Jesus is your Lord. I invite you to stop what you're doing right now and, and say a simple prayer. Uh, confess your sin to him, tell him you believe in him, and then begin to confess him as your Savior, Lord. 
If you've done that, I encourage you to uh, let me know. I'd like to send you some materials so, to help you grow in your Christian faith. It's, it's like becoming a, a baby all over again, and there's some things you need to know, some, some things you need to learn in order to walk with God. That was Foley Beach with his message entitled, Beginnings in Prayer. If you would like to order a copy of today's message and the entire series, please visit our website, awordfromthelord.org. If you don't have internet access, you can also order this message and the entire series by writing to us. Our address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. And remember, for any amount of love gift, you will not only receive a copy of today's message, but the entire series, Beginnings in Prayer. Foley also encourages you, if you have any comments or questions, to email him. His email address is foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. The following was a presentation of A Word from the Lord. We hope you've been blessed. Until next time, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.